Medicare. Welcome to the first episode of America More Perfect. I'm Matt Peterson. Today is April the 3rd. Appreciate everybody tuning in, listening to the first one. Um, going into future episodes, we'll talk a little bit about politics, uh, some philosophy, psychology, uh, things that I think are much needed in society today. Uh, but the first episode, I want to do something a little bit lighter. Um, there's nothing more American than the sport of baseball. So I want to do a Major League Baseball preview. I've got a good friend of mine here. I've known this guy for 33 years. Uh, we go all the way back to first grade. Um, he's an outpatient therapist by day, but he's one of the biggest baseball fans I've ever seen in my life. Played four years of college baseball. Uh, knows a lot about the game, and it's a, a subject that we played together uh, back when we were kids, so I want to bring him on. Uh, Brent Ewing, good to have you, man. Yes, sir. Good to be here, Matt. Appreciate, jo- appreciate you joining us. Of course. Um, we'll start off, I guess, do a little bit of recap on 2020. Uh, of course, it's 2020 was different. Uh, we had the whole COVID fiasco. Um, small sample size right uh i think was was 60 something games Mm -hmm. uh not not a lot of baseball going on um i had a hard time getting into it uh, so i kind of laid low and i had some other stuff going on so stayed busy um but having having a sample size that that small i think gives a lot of players opportunity you don't have the longevity of a season Uh, you don't have to deal with the injury stress sure uh, the 162 games is 162 games um so getting into that area of it it was nice to see um, if you're a Dodgers fan, Kershaw finally got the the postseason monkey off his back. Uh, coming into 2020, it seemed like his postseason performances were getting progressively worse. It was kind of like a Bonds situation. If you remember Bonds back in the day, going into the postseason, like Bonds would would tear up the, the season. Think what you want about him. I'm not a fan. Obviously, the the whole steroid scandal, all that stuff. But Bonds was known, at, you know, to choke in the postseason. Uh, mm-hmm. Same with A Rod. Yep. Um, Kershaw just for some reason couldn't get over that hump probably the best pitcher in the game for, you know, four or five year span. But when they got to the playoff time, man, he just, for some reason, he couldn't get over it. Mm-hmm. So it was good to see, because he's been, I think he's been good for the game. Right. You never hear anything bad about the guy. Um, and he deserved it. I mean, last year, the Dodgers, they were by far the best team. And we'll talk a little bit, obviously, about this year, but it's going to be hard to knock them off the top. Right. Absolutely. Um, in 2019, I'm not sure that was the worst one for him. Um, but it felt that way. And in 2018, he got shelled. Yeah. Uh, yeah shelled pretty good. But, I mean, you're talking about a guy that's, uh, I think, 2-3-9 in a career ERA. gets into the postseason. He's 4-1-3. 4-1-3, yeah. And it's just, that's a big gap. Oh, for sure. And, and you start and you start to wonder, you know, of course, a lot of it's probably psychological. Uh, but in a shorter season, um, you have to wonder if that had an effect on, on his ability to get over that maybe – because up to this point, the Dodgers' rotation relied a lot on him, so he was carrying a lot of weight. And you do that for for a long season. Uh, maybe the shorter season benefited him a little bit, and that's why, as nice as it was to see that out of him, it would have been nice to see it in a regular in a regular season. That's part of that COVID effect, right? So, um, Tampa Bay comes out of the out of the American League. I don't know if they'll be able to repeat that. Um, We'll get into that a little bit later as well once we start talking about predictions and, and some of the moves that were made. Um, but I think that kind of surprised. I think a lot of people had the Yankees um, expected that. Yeah, you know, the, the Yankees year in, year out come in with high expectations. Mm-hmm. They always spend a lot of money. Um, but, yeah, they, they underperformed last year. And, again, coming in with the 60-plus the games, it's tough. It's tough to get on track. Some yeah. teams start a little later. It takes a little while for that chemistry to kind of develop. Um, same with, you know, talking about Kershaw. He's not as young as he was. Mm-hmm. So to be able to have that shortened season and know I don't have to stay healthy and make those 25 to 30 starts, probably could have rested up a little bit more. You know, yeah. Like you said, plus with that staff, the relievers they have, 
he's only going to go five or six innings anymore. You know, he's not a he's typically not a, a nine inning, eight inning guy anymore at this point in his career. He's just uh, man, he's been fun. He's been mm-hmm. fun to watch. Yeah. Um, I'm not a you know I'm not a huge Dodger fan, um, but they deserved it again last year. I was pulling for the Rays just because they came out of nowhere. Right. Um, Randy Rosarena kind of made a name for himself last year. People were like, who's this guy? Um, but he probably played himself into a pretty big contract. You know, if he if he does anything this year, coming off what he did last year in the playoffs, he's probably going to make you know, mm-hmm. make some pretty good money. Yeah, and Tampa Bay, that's an example of a team that's fairly young. Mm-hmm. Uh, not as many big names on that roster oh, no. as you do see a lot, of, a lot of times in Major League Baseball. Uh, so for them to come out, it was a nice surprise, kind of a little bit of a treat for everybody. Uh, whether or not they can repeat that, you know, that remains to be seen. Yeah, I think, not to interrupt you there, but I think no chance. I think... I think they're not even going to finish top three in that division. I yeah. just, I, I think it was kind of an aberration last year. I think having that shorter season, they were just able to put it together. Mm-hmm. If the season went on, they played those extra hundred games. Maybe they go fifty and fifty. Maybe they go thirty and seven. Or yeah, you know, it's like yeah. yeah. So I, I don't know, man. Well, and and with a longer season, what you see a lot of times, more often than not, really, is these postseason births are earned in the last four to six weeks of the season. Sure. So when you don't have that, it just seems like everything's kind of jumbled together um it's a little bit different dynamic and that's like you look at the american league central last year uh you had uh, the twins indians and um chicago white Sox were all a game within a game of each other very tight race yeah. very that division was probably the probably the best in baseball as far as the closeness last year yeah who's who's gonna take this you know and, and they battled it out all year long right um white Sox. We'll, we'll touch on them in a little while when we talk about this year but Mm-hmm. Look at that lineup, man. They're going to be really, really good for a while. Yeah, and I, I think that that division's going to shake anyway. Uh, maybe we're jumping ahead a little bit here, but uh, Cleveland's lost so much um, to lose Frankie Lindor and Carlos Carrasco in the same in the same season. That that's a gut punch. That's tough. And and to not really get and you don't want to knock the guys that they got because uh, they got Rosario. You know, they got some players there. Shane Bieber's still there, uh, but they're not going to be able to score the runs. Uh, their their pitching rotation doesn't have the depth. Right. Uh, so when you start talking about contending at the end of a 160 game season, uh, they're, they're just you know I think the over under on them is probably around 70 games. I mean, who's who's Ramirez going to knock in? You know, he can right. hit. The dude's a baller. Mm-hmm. Who's he got in front of him? Like it's going to be tough. It's going to be a a struggle for them for the foreseeable future. They got to put some pieces together. I don't know much about their about their you know farm system. But we'll kind of see. We'll kind of see how that comes. Like, having Bieber there, maybe he's a piece that if they realize, hey, we're not gonna, we're not gonna do much for the next couple of years. July rolls around, they say, hey, let's go ahead now. Bieber's pitching well. If he is, what can we get out of him? Mm-hmm. Can we get four or five prospects? Can we get a couple guys who are big league ready now, but maybe two or three guys who are really gonna come up in the next few years? Do you kind of go ahead and say, okay, we realize we're not gonna compete. We're gonna ship our big dog off while we can get some some pieces. Mm-hmm. And kind of build from there, which yeah, might be a good idea for them. <clears throat> Excuse me, because I think I think the White Sox are gonna they're gonna run that division for a while. You're you're probably right. And the, and the sad thing about Cleveland is they've been down this road. This seems to be an ongoing way to play baseball chess, and I don't think it's worked out for them. Um, I, I can't remember the last time they were in the postseason. Um, well, I mean, seriously, deep in the postseason. So, well, they played the Cubs. Cubs I mean, they went to the, went to the yeah. World Series with the Cubs. And that, that was a great series. It was one of the best World Series. I mean, we've talked about that you know, on our personal time. Um, you can't say enough about how, how that went. Uh, but we'll see what happens with them. Um, the American League teams, the West is kind of 
it always surprises me. I don't know why the Angels can't seem to put it together. They got the best player in baseball, mm-hmm. hands down. He's the highest paid player, and he earns every penny. I mean, if there's a guy that's worth four hundred, there's a four hundred thirty-six million dollars. I mean, it's just a stupid amount of money. Uh, but Mike Trout is, and he, until somebody proves otherwise, he'll be the best baseball player He's, for a long time. Trout. I mean, people right now are wanting to put Mookie Betts on that level. <clears throat> Betts is great. Trout is on. He's on another planet. Yeah. You look at his stats. You look what he does for the game. This is an all-time great. Like Mookie's great right now. Yeah. Trout's an all-time great. He's a Mickey Mantle. He's a you know he's these guys that that we looked at as kids going oh man yeah. I wish I could have saw this guy play. What we're getting to mm-hmm. right now with Trout. Um, it's sad that as far as you know the postseason goes, he's not getting to to experience that yet. But I think this year they're going to make a run. They need pitching. Their right. pitching is really sketchy. Dylan Bundy. All right. They picked up. Um, Who's the pitcher they picked up from the Reds? Can't think of his name right off. Um, but they picked up a couple a couple guys. They got uh, Shohei Otani, who's going to try to throw some, depending on you know how his arm rea- reacts to it. Um, if he can pitch, if he can give them 15 starts, mm-hmm. who knows? Uh, but that offense, man, they just signed David Fletcher to a five-year deal. He's a great guy to have ahead of Trout. He's going to get on base. He doesn't strike out much. He's going to hit you 300. You still got Justin Upton, who has some years left. He seems to be that guy the last decade who's underachieved. It's like, dude, put it together. You got the tools, but you're always hurt. You have Pujols still there. Um, Otani hitting, you know, in front of Trout. You got some. You got some pieces, man. You got some young guys. The the Strauss or not Strauss Stassi, the catcher. Um, yeah, you got some good players there. Rendon's at third. They have the offensive power to keep them in any game. But that pitching, the pitching man, you've got to have pitching. Yeah, the guy from Cincinnati uh, was, I, I, I may mispronounce this first name, Russell Iglesias. Yeah, Russell Iglesias. Good good arm. Mm-hmm. Very good arm. And, and not to speak to his record, because coming out of Cincinnati, you don't get a lot of run support usually. Right. So um, record 18 and 32 while he was there, ERA 315. 106 ERA, saves, though. That's it. Don't go, me and my buddy Andy Parsons, who you know as well. Yeah. You can't always go win loss. Right. You just can't do it. A three one five ERA for a career. That's pretty. In, in today. Good. Do you know Trevor Bauer's career ERA is like three forty, mm-hmm. and he's like nine games over five hundred, and he just signed a three year hundred plus million dollar contract. Right. So you have one good year and do that because Bauer's really had one really good year. The Cy Young year last year. Yeah. Was good the year before, but he's, you know, almost a five hundred pitcher with a higher ERA than Iglesias. Right. So you can't take the, the win-loss record into it. Um, that ERA is phenomenal. If you can go to L.A. and post a, an ERA like that, they're going to score you some runs. Yeah. So that should translate into some more wins for them. Yeah. And, of course, uh, last but certainly not least, National League Central, where your Cubbies play. Um, they're close, man. They're close to getting back there. Need some pitching help. We, obviously, you know, I, I told you earlier, my dad and I went to opening day. Um sitting there through a really, really cold day. They're playing the Pirates. They got Hendricks on the mound. Hendricks is the Cubs ace right now. Um, I've never – he's had a couple great seasons, really great seasons for the Cubs, but the guy throws 85, 86 miles an hour, tops out maybe 88. He's got to be pinpoint with his accuracy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's got to have that movement. He's got to have the changeup working to be effective. You can't sneak 88-mile-an-hour fastballs by guys in the big leagues. You can't do it. Um and he got, he got lit up opening day, got hit pretty hard, walked four guys uncharacteristically. Um, but they brought Jake Arrieta back into the fold. Pitched well today. Got his first win uh, with the Cubs in a few years. But that that rotation, man, the rotation, they let Darvish go in the offseason. Mm-hmm. Darvish is now in San Diego. That was huge. That almost felt like, 
man, the Cubs are they're they're tanking. They're letting Schwarber go. Uh, they're not re-signing Almora. They're, the talk is, hey, they're still trying to trade Bryant. They haven't got extensions with Baez or Rizzo. What's going on there? Uh, they did bring Jock Peterson in, mm-hmm. who I've been a huge Peterson fan. He struggles against lefties. That's the big thing with him. They're like, man, he can't hit lefties. But then you look at the sample size, they don't let him bat against them. Right. I think they said today 85% of his at-bats in his career have been against righties. So, like last year, I think he had 129 at-bats against righties, 10 against lefties. You're going to struggle if you don't see that repetition. Right. you got to give him repetition. Now, the first two games of the year, you know, the manager has, has given him repetition, and he struggled. Right. Today, I think he struck out three times against a lefty. Um, didn't look great. But, again, maybe that's just building some confidence. Okay, let me see what's coming. Mm-hmm. Now, if he does this over a 10, 15-game span, then I'm thinking, man, that's a big enough sample size for me to see. We're probably going to have to sit you dirt, you know, versus lefties. Yeah. We're going to switch up the outfield a little bit, bring somebody a switch hitter and bring, like, Ian Happ didn't play today. Happ's a switch hitter. Let him come in and face the lefties. But with the Cubs, again, they're, they're, they're close. Looking at that lineup opening day, I'm like, man, these guys. They can hit. They can hit, but they can also swing and miss. Mm-hmm. Bryant has got to be better with runners in scoring position. He's historically bad. You look him up, he's historically bad. It's not just, man, he he can't historically bad. And like, he's the three-hitter. He's They've moved him to the four-hitter. Um, lead, I think opening day he was the four-hitter, maybe today the three-hitter. I think it depends if they're facing a right righty or lefty. lefty. Yeah. Um, today hit a solo home run, flew out, and struck out with guys on base. He just, for some reason, he some guys thrive with guys on base. Yeah. He seems like he would like a Joey Votto. He would rather take a walk than knock the guy in. It's like, dude, you can't. You can do that as a one hitter. Mm-hmm. But you're a three or four hitter. We got to have you producing runs, right? And he just doesn't do that. Rizzo is the franchise there. I wanted to be Brian for you know Bryant for so long. I'm like, man, mm-hmm. this is the guy. Rizzo is the heart and soul of that team. Yeah. You have to sign him to an extension. You can't give him ten years. He's 32 already. Give him a five year deal. Five year, hundred million. Five year, hundred fifty. Whatever. The contracts are getting ridiculous anyway. Oh, it's crazy. But you have to sign him long term. And mm-hmm. then if you can get him and you can show that you're competing a little bit this year and not we're done, we're we're tanking. You know, it's going to all depend by the All-Star break. If they're in it, they'll probably be buyers or at least they'll hold. If they're out of it, you might see Hendricks go. You might see Contreras go. You might see Bryant go. So it's this first half of the season is going to tell a lot about the future of that team. Right, yeah. right. Well, that's a good segue to get into off-season moves. Uh, we touched on a little bit of them in, in that part of the conversation there. In your opinion, what's the biggest one? There were some blockbusters. I mean, there's a couple that everybody talk about. That's Bauer going to the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. He kind of toyed with the Mets for a while. Um, I think it's a great pickup for the Dodgers. I don't think – I think he's way overpaid. He got hit pretty hard yesterday through six no-hit innings. But then in the seventh, he got hit around pretty good. Um, the Darvish going to San Diego. When you put that on top of them also getting Blake Snell – and them signing Tatis to a long-term deal, you have Machado there, you have Jay Cronenworth, you have Will Myers. You, it just keeps going down that list. Mm-hmm. That's huge. I think San Diego getting him, if he can be the Darvish he was last year. He's so flighty. He's so yeah. up and down the last few years. If he gets to that point where he's walking a lot of batters like he previously did with the Cubs, it's going to be you know, like, is that a good signing for them? Mm-hmm. But I like it. I like the guy. I, th- I, I was hoping Chicago would keep him. You know, they let him go. Um, and of course, the Tatis signing the big that was one of the that, big yeah, deals. Lock him up 14 years, absolutely ridiculous. I don't care if, if you're Mike Trout, I'm not giving you 14 years. Your it's body's gonna time. break down from <laughs> 21 to 35. Yeah, 
that's a huge deal, man. What, what happens if he hurts a wrist at 26 and that nags him throughout the rest of his career and you're getting 10 homers, 50 RBIs a year and you're paying this guy what you're paying him? So that's, I think all, you know, dad always says he thinks contracts should be, hey, year per year basis like they used to be. Right. You earn it. Prove what you can do and we're going to give it. I think tops four to five years. I don't think you should sign anybody over that because baseball, you break down, like you said, 162 games. People don't think, oh, baseball, you're out there. What are you just standing around? That grind of daily. Yep. On You know, play three or four games at home. Then you're on a flight to the West Coast from the East Coast. Then you're playing. That's a grind on your body. Mm-hmm. And out there, man, when you're, you're running the bases. You're doing like it's not as easy as people think. They see basketball players. Yeah, basketball's tough. You're up and down, up and down, up and down. I get it. But you're, you know, 80 games, 82 games. Football, obviously, it doesn't compare to football. Football, that's just a brutal sport. Right. But I think people kind of don't look at baseball the same way. And that's a grind. Absolutely. That's a, that's a really big grind on your body. So giving somebody a contract that long, it's never worked out. It didn't work out with Pujols. It didn't work out with Miguel Cabrera. It didn't work out with Votto. And these are three of the best players in the game, Cabrera and Votto, or I'm sorry, Cabrera and Pujols, mm-hmm. of all time. And Votto, of the last 10 to 15 years, he's one of the best players in the game. Sure. Um, but it doesn't work out. Bodies yeah. break down. Well, and the Mets turned around and did it and signed Frankie Lindor. This is the third highest paid player in baseball now. Absolutely absurd. Ten years, and we had 341, that. right? Yeah. yeah. 341, third, third highest all-time contract. Why? He's he's going to be a New York Met till he's 38. But why? I mean, he's been great. Mm-hmm. He was great for the Indians. He, But is he third highest paid player ever great? Come on. Probably not. There's ten to 15, There's fifteen guys in the league better. He's than him a career right now. 285 hitter. Right. So that's that's producing, and he's he's great shortstop. He's I have him in the top five in the game. He's top five. Yeah, for sure. So he's a good shortstop. Is he ten years good? We'll see. Yeah, Probably I, not. Again, man, a couple a couple years at a time. It's just gotten so out of hand with baseball. The contracts and the the money. It just keeps. When you think it's reached that point of it can't get higher than this, and it always you, does. I remember I was talking to. I was doing an interview earlier for my podcast, and we were, I was talking to a former player, um, and he was making, you know, eighty, ninety thousand. And this is back in, this is only 30-plus years ago, in the late 80s. And he's making 60, 100, I think he made maybe 100,000, 105,000 was the best he made in his career. And now, you're like, dude, the, I, the minimum's like 400,000. The minimum. Yeah. What? Like, what? That's why, you know, a hot dog's at $9.50. <laughs> like, I was looking at that at, at Wrigley the other day, and right. I don't drink, obviously, but the the, you know, the beer prices are right there, 13 bucks. That's crazy. Or 10 bucks for, like, how about you stop doing these stupid contracts, so then you have to basically pimp out your field, and you have mm-hmm. 400 different, oh, Honda here, or, you know, uh, Verizon here. You have all these different, even the names of stadiums now. Right. Well, we got to sell those rights because we can't afford all this stuff. Uh-huh. Well, stop overcharging. Stop overpaying. Right. But it's not going to happen. Unfortunately, it's not going to happen. Because, uh-huh. this, well, this guy, he got this. Like Javi Baez, he wants ridiculous money right now. It's like, dude, you can't hit. Right. I love Baez. <laughs> but you got you to gotta, you gotta produce a little better. Uh-huh. you got to stop swinging at, you know, sliders and curveballs four feet outside. <laughs> right. Um, but, yeah, man, I sorry to go off on a tangent there, but I just don't understand why that keeps happening and it's not you always talk about oh man we need a we need a uh, salary cap and I did a speech on that in college mm-hmm. about needing a salary cap it's not going to happen baseball they're just not going to let it happen and it's sad because man it's just going to continue to just be outrageous and we're going to we're the ones who are right. going to suffer for it yeah the fans get priced out yeah. 
And I, I haven't been to a game since the last one we went to, which was uh, the Nationals playing in Cincinnati mm-hmm. when Bryce Harper was still there. Uh, hit one of the greatest home runs oh, we've ever seen live. Dude, that, it sounded I, like I a can cannon went off. I can right? still hear it. And you and I both stood up. <laughs> yep. Like, man. <laughs> but but even, even then, and you were just talking about a beer being $13. I think they were about $7. Back then, so that's just the, and that was you know a few years ago. It's unreal. So that's just the price index increase in that short amount of time because of these contracts. Um, but yeah, you know, that I think that was a good move for the Mets. Um, it definitely gives them a, a leg up in that division. I think I don't think it's going to be as productive as what San Diego's done. It, it, I think when you look back at the history um, of of what San Diego since probably 2018 is when they Adam Machado. Um, and bring on Hosmer and a guy that's kind of in the shadows right now is Mike Clevenger mm-hmm. so he came over from Cleveland and I think that he's on a 60 day DL right now yeah uh, had Tommy John yeah he's gone for the year so he won't be back until midway through next year unfortunately but if you can get him back I think he might be the missing piece that gives him the depth in yeah. that rotation because if you get that arm in the postseason with Darvish and now Blake Snell you only need Snell three starters over, in the postseason man that's it exactly and you know these guys are going to score a ton of runs I think well, they put up eight mm-hmm. opening day and, and that's what you're going to see I mean you got that's that might be the best one through five in all of baseball that's pretty dang good and that's to be in good. the same division as the Dodgers that's going to be fun to watch I'm not usually a big National League guy. I've always, right. you know, I, I grew up as a Twins fan and became an Indians fan when Jim Tomey played. I love Jim Tomey. Um, so I always liked the DH aspect of the game. But I'll be watching a lot of National League ball this year uh, because there, there's some moves going and, they, and they've got some teams there that are really going to make a run. Mm-hmm. And it'd be interesting to see if the Dodgers can keep the peak when San Diego's right on them. They're right on their tail, man. But I tell you, matching up, they match up at almost every spot. I know. They really do. It's it, it's hard. If you've ever – everybody listening to this should go, if you're a baseball fan or not, you should go to Fenway, Wrigley, and Dodger Stadium. Yeah. Dodgers, there's just something special about being in Chavez Ravine with that crowd. It's 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 like nothing else. Like, I'm, you know, Cubs are my team. Dodger Stadium is probably my second or third favorite play, uh, stadium to go to, man. That atmosphere is so great. I mean, it's Southern California. Say what you want, you know – Politics aside, all that kind of right. stuff. There's just something special about being out there. Hey, it's 75 degrees. Yeah. We're in Southern California. We're sitting here. You know, you hear Randy Newman coming over the loudspeakers when the Dodgers win. Um, there's nothing like it. It's, yeah. really, it's a really cool place. So, you know, everybody wants to get Heck, yeah, you're going to offer me money. I'm going to come here. I'm going to come to L.A. and play. Uh, but back to the Mets, they're going to compete with the Braves in that division. That's going to kind of be the, the two-headed monster in that division, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in my opinion... The Mets have the best pitcher in baseball. Jacob deGrom is just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. He's on a different level. Um, I remember before he started the Cy Young kick, I'm like, man, I wish the Cubs would go out. Because this was still 2015, 16, when they were in the playoffs and competing and then winning the World, uh, World Series. I was like, man, put a package together and try to get deGrom. Like, this kid's a stud. Uh, and now you see it, man. He's he's something else. If Cindergard can come back healthy, that would be a huge boost to their, their pitching staff. But... They're going to be fun. They're going to be fun to watch. And Carrasco. Carrasco. That that was part of the Frankie Lindor move. Yep. Uh, So they pick up both of those guys. So, yeah, I think uh, they've got some gas going into the season. We'll see if they can last down the stretch, but that'll be be a fun division to watch. It's almost like a few teams did a lot, and a lot of teams did a little. Did (laughs) nothing. It's like – And regressed. Yeah. It's like, what did you do to get better? Yeah. Like, Cincinnati, what – they kind of – you know, they lost Bauer. That Mm -hmm. was huge. But other than that, they kind of stayed about even keel, you know? 
So we're, you know, everybody around here obviously Reds fans. So what's going to happen there? Are they going to, you know, are they going to compete? Are they going to be able to compete in that division? Which I think they can. Mm-hmm. Because I think offensively they have some power. I think pitching, again, it's, it always comes back to pitching. That's going to be where we'll see. I think that's the Cardinals division to lose. Look at that lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, pitching staff there. If Jack Flaherty could get it together, I don't know what's... He's had a rough two years. That kid's got all the all the stuff in the world, though. He's got the gas. He's got the accuracy. He's just like, put it together, Jack. Yeah. Like He's really good. I know they played the Reds today, and, and Wainwright was, was pitching, and he got lit up. The Reds yeah. lit him up today, so... But I think that's the Cardinals' division to lose, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, but hopefully, the the Reds and the Cubs can be right there in the mix. That it's a lot like the AL Central. Mm-hmm. It's a little more forgiving. Uh, you've got a lot. It's it's all it's always tight. Right. So you know that might benefit the Reds. Um, you hate to see a team. Of course, neither one of us has ever been big Reds fans, but you right. hate to see a team lose that much. And it just seems like a lot of bad decisions kind of kind of led to this this place. And that's well, same thing with Cleveland that yeah. we talked about before so well, we'll you see talk, if put you talk about those big contracts they signed Votto to a huge deal you shouldn't have signed him to that big a deal because he's not producing anymore right again he's getting on base that's one good thing with him he's always getting on base but man we're paying you big money we're gonna need you knocking some runs mm-hmm. you know uh, they had the big Homer Bailey deal which guy threw a couple no hitters but man they jumped a shark on that one mm-hmm. um, and then Tucker not Tucker Barnhart the guy before him Meserocco yeah. Devin Meserocco they give him big money and then they basically were done with him a year later I know he had some hip injuries and whatever but just that's three huge contracts that you could have brought a lot of pieces together for but you gotta be smarter man yeah. the Reds management it's just like the, the Browns management and the Bengals management people are always like what are you guys doing but you got to remember, too, smaller market teams, but still these owners are billionaires. Mm-hmm. It's like, I get, oh, we're smaller market. We can't. You throw money at anybody, you throw enough money, they're going to come. Right. You know what I mean? You give me this, and you're in somewhere in Alaska, I'm coming. I don't care how cold it is, whatever. Right. You're going to give me that much money. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Because money's going to be the driving factor mm-hmm. anyway. Um, unless you're maybe later in your career, you've made your money, and you just want a title. Then you're going to pick somewhere else to go, but... You got to spend, man. Mm-hmm. You got to spend or develop on the field, and they're just not doing that right now. Yeah, they got some pieces. The Reds have some pieces. Castellanos is good. I don't know about the move moving Suarez from third to short. He had a couple. I think he had at least one big error, maybe two errors on opening day that kind of opened the floodgates. Um, Nixon Zell's hurt again. He seems to be one of those guys who has all the talent, but he's going to be hurt. Troy Tulowitzki style. You know, Tulowitzki. Remember him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, great player. Hurt all the time. Yep. Um, but they have some pieces. Jesse Winker's good. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how it how it pans out for him. They got this new India kid, uh, young kid. I saw him bat once today. He's got some speed. They say he's got all the tools. So we'll see how that comes about for him. But I don't expect him to necessarily compete in that division. Again, I think it's the Cardinals to lose. Unfortunately, yeah, you're probably right. Um, <laughs> let's talk pitching rotation. Sure. Um, MajorLeagueBaseball.com. This is their top five. We got Dodgers, Padres, Yankees, Nationals, Mets. I'm on board with that. I think there's a strong case that you could put uh, the Nationals just a shade ahead of the Yankees. And I, and I only say that. I know they just uh, landed Kluber, mm-hmm. and that was a big ad for him. But he's riddled with injuries. He, he's coming off, and like he pitched good today. Um, I don't know how long he's going to go. Um, but that Nationals lineup is no joke. They're pretty that, tough. That, that rotation's Scherzer. I mean, this is a veteran guy that's been pitching for a long time, and he's still he's dealing. Oh, man, he's – He's a constant there. You know, mm-hmm. you know what you're getting from him. He's been a stud. He's been top probably the last decade. He's been top three. Absolutely. You know, probably him and Kershaw. And if DeGrom has a good, you know, next couple years too, you put him right in those that mix of best of the decade. I mean, mm-hmm. they're just, they're solid. You know what you're getting. 
Strasburg's got to stay healthy for right. that Nationals. Um, I want to see him stay healthy, man. I remember this kid came up, 14 Ks in his first appearance. You know, throwing hard, dude. The curveball he had was mm-hmm. just outrageous. And of course, Tommy John misses a year plus. It's like tag on it. You see these guys come up and they have all this talent and then they go down. Mm-hmm. Um, but if he can stay healthy, man, you have Patrick Corbin in there. You have uh, Lester. They came over from the Cubs, which Lester's on his last legs. Mm-hmm. I was hoping he would stay in Chicago and be a fifth starter. but And he said he wanted to. That's what makes me mad about these owners, man. Lester came out and said, I wanted to be there. Yeah, I was going to take less money. I was going to take this. But they came to me too late. You know, the Nationals already came. I didn't know. Are the Cubs going to offer me anything? I don't know. Well, the Nationals come in and offer you something. I can't just say, you know, this is, looks like a good deal, so I'm going to take it. And then the Cubs come in, and he's like, sorry, I already agreed. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's been solid. Lester's absolutely he, – he, he's been he's been great. He You know, overcoming the cancer issues that he had early in his career to get where he's at, kind of like Anthony Rizzo. You know, Rizzo and, yeah. and they both had the same type of cancer, mm-hmm. uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, I believe. Um, so to overcome that anyway and to still play in the game, but to play at a high level. But the last three or four years, Lester's really lost uh, a lot of that velocity. Um the poor guy, the poor guy has the yips when he, you know, he can't pick anybody off base. I've seen him bounce him to first base before on purpose, like they're like, hey, yeah. if you're gonna try to pick, or like if there's a grounder back to him, sometimes he'll jog all the way over and underhand it. Or I've seen him literally bounce on purpose to try to get the guy out. It's like I don't know how that happens, how you can throw sixty feet six inches, no problem, but you get that ball coming right back to you. I can't throw over there, yeah. you know. Um, but yeah, good, good uh, rotation. Um, the Yankee rotation, man. I again, you got Garrett Cole. Like, stud. Stud, yeah. Kluber started his first game today in about two years. Good pickup for him. I think it's a low-risk, high-reward type of thing. Mm-hmm. If he can stay healthy, he'll, you know, they'll they'll get their money's worth out of that. Because they didn't pay him a whole lot. I think they signed him on a two-year deal. Yeah. Um, good signing, in my opinion. Well, I found researching some of these these top top lineups something i found interesting is there's two or three of them um of course lester we already talked about with the nationals the dodgers have david price mm-hmm. an old veteran sitting down there in the four or five spot in the rotation uh yankees uh we talked about kluber so you're getting some of these older guys in place with these young dudes and i think that's that's adding a layer of depth mm-hmm. that lets you go down the stretch when you need david price you might not hear anything out of him hardly at all all year but you watch and see if they don't make the series if he doesn't have a big game oh for sure it'll for happen sure. it'll happen cuz he's been there right you know he opted out last year didn't play mm-hmm. which kind of sucked cuz then they make it to the series they win it and he's not a part of it um but he didn't even make the top 5 rotation you know they they penciled dustin may in mm-hmm. dustin may's got some gas i don't yeah. know if you've ever seen him pitch or not big you know red-haired kid just flopping out of the hat like this dude's got some stuff mm-hmm. so price is, is basically the sixth man or first man out of the bullpen um came in on in relief of bauer yesterday it's like dude you got a cy young winner relieving a cy young winner it's ridiculous like, it's unreal it goes back to the money they spend <laughs> but they got walker bueller's the guy we haven't talked about yet with the dodgers just he's great i actually was in attendance to see in uh st louis a few years ago to see him hit his first career home run. Oh wow! Yeah, like that's kind of cool. That's pretty you know? neat. But he got shelled on the mound. He got hit pretty hard. <laughs> but you know, I was like, yeah, that's, that's kind of cool. I don't, I don't think he's hit one since then. But he's a good pitcher. Same thing. Yeah. If he can put it together, stud. You got Julio Urias, who's there. Got the last out of the world, or did he get the last out of the World Series, or did he start the start of Game Seven? I can't remember. But stud, man, that that whole pitching staff. There's not a spot where you go, okay, today's the day we're going to beat him. Yeah. Well, and I think ultimately, you know, we talked about earlier. 
whether Tampa Bay can get back, and I think this is the reason they won't. Yankees are going to outpitch him. Oh, for sure. Um, and they're, they're Yankees are hitting pretty well. I saw Gary Sanchez hit one today. Mm-hmm. I think that's his second. Second. Yep. So uh, they're going to score some runs, and the old Yankees might be back. I mean, they got some big bats in that lineup. Uh, John Carlos Stanton's still there. He's got to stay healthy. Aaron Same Judge, thing, man. Yeah. You'll, you'll keep hearing that. He's got to stay one of the nicest guys in the game. Mm-hmm. Love the way he plays. He's just hurt all the time. Yeah. Got that big contract. It's like, dude, you got to play. You know, you got, you have him and Judge. Those guys should hit 80 home runs at least. Yeah, combined. You know, yeah. In that tiny park. So we'll see, man. That You got the best hitter in baseball probably in DJ LeMahieu. And when mm-hmm. I say best hitter, I mean, you know, average wise. He right. Won, you know, um, because yeah, Trout's the best hitter. We, we know that. Right. But LeMahieu's huge for him. Sanchez, he's got to put it together. There was talks of him maybe not even making the team this year. Hey, we're going to try to get rid of this guy. Because the last few years, hitting in the 190s, 180s, but he's got pop, man. Uh-huh. If he can put it together. You got Clint Frazier out there, who's, again, he's kind of sat and sat, and he's like, man, I'm ready. I'm ready to play. Uh, they're going to be they're going to be really good. If it's the, you know, if it's the Dodgers, Yankees in the World Series, I'm not going to be surprised. I hope it's not. Yeah. But I won't be surprised. Yeah. We'll get to that towards the end when we right. get into predictions. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk some prospects, man. That's that's one of the things that we were excited uh, to get into. Of course, uh, one of the conversations we had leading up to the filming of this podcast is I've been out of the game for so long. Uh, just other side projects I've been involved in and, and work and all that kind of stuff. So it's good for me to get back into it and start keeping up with some of these guys. Uh, who's the first guy that you had on your list that you're going to follow? Well, the first the first guy is not a prospect anymore, and I, I won't talk any about him except talking about a good young player that I really think everybody should pay attention to, and that's Bo Bichette in Toronto. Um, son of Dante Bichette, great yeah. hitter for Colorado back in the day. He also bounced around to some other teams, but Bo has played 70 career games or whatever, and he's already the leader of that team. I mean, he's he's the man. You can tell that team's going to run around him, and that's the team to watch for in the East, in the AL East, Toronto. They get a little pitching. Mm-hmm. They're young. They get George Springer back. They're going to be tough. But as far as prospects go, Bobby Witt Jr., I don't know if you remember his dad, um, had a great long career. Uh, you know, one over 100 games, solid pitcher. But Bobby's an infielder for – he's only 20 years old, mm-hmm. you know, for Kansas City. Got sent down, had a great spring, but a lot of these guys, you know, again, he's 20, so he didn't get to play last year in in the um, minors because they didn't have minor league ball last year. Everything was kind of condensed. Um, so they want to get him down and get him some at-bats. However, minor league ball doesn't start for a month. So he's going to be down there for a while. But again, 20 years old. I'll just read you a few stats that I had of this guy. Um, in the spring, he hit 289. He was 11 for 38. Three homers, seven RBIs, 10 runs scored. Uh, he's the future there. Him and uh, there's another guy I'll talk about in a little bit, a pitcher, but he's going to change the dynamic of that team, I think. They have some good young pieces, and if they can get him to come in, and maybe that brings others. They see how good this kid is. Maybe he brings some other you know, other guys in, but he's my first to watch for. Again, he's 20 years old. He'll be 21 in June of this year. I expect him to probably come up maybe later in the season. Um, if nothing else, he'll come up you know, in September when you can mm-hmm. bring you know, the roster expands, but... I would say look for him by, by June or July, honestly. I think he's that good. Good. Well, and that's a lot of these younger guys. There's a lot of hype around one of my guys I had on my list of that, Wander Franco. As number one overall ranked mm-hmm. prospect in baseball. Uh, kid's 20. Right. And it, and that's young. And a lot, of, a lot of the Tampa Bay fans are disappointed because uh, he gets sent back down to the minors. But he had kind of a lackluster spring, hit mid-twos. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing super spectacular at the plate. Um, and you got to look at the situation that Tampa Bay's in. They're not rebuilding. 
Uh, they just come off a World Series berth, um, so they're looking to maybe add a couple pieces. I don't think Wander Franco's that guy. Uh, they got Willie Adamas there. He's very mm-hmm. proficient, a very good shortstop. Um, not a great hitter, um, right. but not good enough, or not. He's not a problem uh, to where you're looking at bringing another shortstop in. And there was some word uh, that they were going to start working Wander Franco out at third base, uh, but they're four deep at third base. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, and then you get into the service time manipulation conversations. And I hate that. It's just a fact of baseball. It is, yeah. Um, but but you, you send that kid down to the minors, give him a couple years. You know, there, there seems to be this mentality now that we have to have between 700, 700 800 at-bats, you know, double-A or triple-A before you come up. And that's – if they would have called this kid up, you know, that would have been the fastest move since A-Rod. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's, he's not there yet. See how much you can get out of Willie Adamas. Maybe talk about moving him in two or three years. Get this kid some double A at bats. I think he's got less than maybe seventy at bats at double A, and and that's not a lot. Not a lot. So he's played rookie ball. Uh, we'll see how he does, but uh, he's going to be a good player. He's going to be good. The thing with him, it, it's also got to be a lot of pressure. You mm-hmm. know, you're the number one prospect. You're hearing that. You're hearing people talk about that, and you come up. It's like, man, I got to. Baseball's so mental anyway. Mm-hmm. You're coming up, and you're probably stressing a little bit more. Man, I got to live up to this number one hype. Most number one prospects don't do that. Right. Most of them come up, Phil Plantier, Billy Ashley, Monty Ferris, guys like that, who most of these people listening probably never heard of. Right. That's why, because they come up maybe too quick, and they just crashed. Uh, Wander's going to be good. I don't buy into the, hey, you need seven or 800 at-bats at the minor league level. If you're ready, you're ready. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's kind of obvious. Yeah. If, if you're not, if you can look at a guy and say, I've seen 100 at-bats, this guy's ready. You know it. Now, if you look at him and you think, I don't know if he's ready then he's not ready. You know, does that make yeah. sense? Like if there's things, you can always work on stuff. Don't put your guys in a, you know, in a position to fail, obviously. But if you're ready, man, there's no reason to to hold a guy back. And you were talking about the, the manipulation with the money, the service time. That's what happened with Chris Bryant. You know, mm-hmm. he came out smoking with the Cubs a couple years ago, seven homers in spring. I think he led, led uh, you know, the spring training in homers that year, and he's ready. Well, hey, if we send him down for a week, we bring him back up, we get an extra year of control in his contract. That's crap. Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. And that has now reared its ugly head because he's frustrated with them, I'm sure. Like, well, wait a minute. You want to sign me, but now maybe I look around, you know? But yeah. the last two seasons, he's kind of declined anyway, unfortunately. He's had some injuries. Um, but I don't like the whole whole move. Hey, let's send him down and then – so we get – you know, again, it's, it's all about money. It's all about that control. Yeah. But if you're ready, you're ready. I don't, I don't like the whole – 700, 800 a bad thing. Yeah. Well, who else we got? Well, another guy who's a prospect who's playing, who's starting third base for the for the Pirates, Key Brian Hayes. Son of Charlie Hayes. His dad was a good player. You know, won a World Series with the Yankees in 96, I believe. Um, got to see him opening day. Just launch one off of Hendricks. Hit it probably. Wind was blowing in. Hit it probably, I don't know, 415, 420 to left center. Just Shot. crushed it. Uh, the kid's going to be tough. Based on last year's stats, he hit 376. Of course, a small sample size. Mm-hmm. Had 85 at bats last year. Hit 376, five home runs, 11 RBI, um, slug 682. Right, had a 442 on base. Uh, the kid's tough. He's got it all. He's got. He's a five tool kid. I think. Uh, unfortunately, he was swinging today in his back swing. He kind of shook his hand out a little bit. I'm like, I oh, hope he's okay. Gets on first. Has to dive back to first. Shakes his hand out again. Trainer comes out, checks him out. He stays in the game. Smart decision on Arietta's part. He throws over again the next pitch, so he has to dive back again. Yeah. Because, I mean, unfortunately, this kid, he's a stud. If he's hurt <laughs> and he's going to hurt him, say, oh, we don't want to face him today. So, he, like two innings later, he came out. But 
he's tough. Unfortunately, he's with a, a pretty a pretty bad pirate team. Mm-hmm. They got some some scrappers, but they're a long way from competing as well. Pitching staff, I mean, guys, I don't, I don't, even, you know, I don't even know. Yeah. yeah, guys, I've never heard of. Um, that they'll be fun if you don't care. You know, if you're yeah. a Pittsburgh fan and you don't care about winning, but you care about hey, let's watch some young guys here. It might be a team to watch, but yeah. I think he's gonna be a stud. Well, good. One of the guys, um, he's not one of the top ten. You know, if you look at all the ranked prospects list, he's not, he's not on a top ten list anywhere. Uh, but Bobby Bradley uh, has been with the Cleveland Indians organization since 2014. He'll turn 25 this year. Um, he, they've got to give him a look. He was kind of a disappointment that he got sent back down to the minors. Uh, when you look at what Cleveland's looking at at first base, everybody thought Jake Bowers was going to get the start, and it turns out it was Naylor. And one of the comments that I made to you earlier this week is they're going to feel obligated to give Josh Naylor a look because right. he came over in that Corey, or the Mike Clevenger deal. Um, so he wound up getting the start. He undersized, a little bit overweight. Um, Jake Bowers has played in – he's got a little more experience than Bobby Bradley. Uh, but he, you know, he's a, a two thirteen career hitter. I mean, how long does this guy get to prove himself? Because he's played at the big league level now, and he's he's never hit. I, I think he hit double digit home runs maybe two years, um, and just barely like eleven twelve. I mean, I'm talking right. not a whole lot of run production there. And, and Bobby Bradley's a guy uh, that came into the spring this year, hit three oh three. I think his OPS was one point oh six or something like that. Um, He's not going to get any worse. He, he's got the time in, in the minors uh, to come up and make an impact. And for a team that's looking to find somebody to score runs, I mean, he would be a solid five spot. I mean, you got Fran Mill Reyes, uh, now Rosario's there. Uh, so they've got you know, the four spot, three and four spot locked up. Uh, but this guy, this guy could be a solid five or maybe an eight to give you some run power um, and, and at least give him a look. You know, they're not in a position. I think you, know, you say beggars can't be choosers. I feel like they've done that to themselves, and now they're holding this guy down into the minors this long. You, I think you'd said they played like 15 games or something right. last year, just enough to and it didn't hit very well for average, but he crushed an absolute monster right. at, at home. Uh, I think against Minnesota Minnesota Twins during that series. So, be nice to see him maybe get after the All Star break. At least call him up and see you know what's this kid going to give us. Especially if you're playing, you know, you're playing well under 500 baseball, which I expect they'll be. Uh, yeah, bring him up, man. He's 25. Mm-hmm. You know, baseball, you're you're prime. You're coming up on it. You right. know, if you're not up by 25, 26. Eh. Now there's a kid that came up for the White Sox yesterday, and I, I should have, you know, jotted down his name, but he went five for five yeah. in his first start as a pro, and he's 28, I think. So he's a pretty much a career, you know, minor leaguer. I think his last name's Merced, maybe. Five for five in your first career yeah. start. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. So we'll see if he can get some looks. Yeah, man. Next on my list, I got Jeter Downs. Um, Jeter Downs is, is second baseman for the Red Sox. I think he's a second baseman of the future. He's a top, depending on where you look at, he's a top 50, top 20 you know, prospect. Uh, he came over in the Mookie Betts deal Yeah. Uh, from L.A. He was initially drafted by the Reds. They kind of sent him out. I think he came in, uh, he went out with uh, the deal for Matt Kemp that brought him and Puig into Cincinnati. Jeter was one of the guys that got shipped out. Then... He got shipped to Boston in the uh, in the Mookie Betts deal, but he got sent down unfortunately to the alternate site. But he had a pretty a pretty decent spring with a pretty small sample size. Hit 278 with two homers and five RBI. But he's a guy to look for uh, again. Boston, unfortunately, they're kind of they're kind of in a rebuild. Man, they just don't they don't have those guys that they have had the last few years. You know, um, they got the Dollbot kid, who's another top prospect that mm, played pretty well last year on a limited sample. Um, they got Rafael Devers, 
JD Martinez, who's aging. You know, he's pretty much a DH now. Uh, but yeah, they're they're not going to compete. I don't think this year. So hopefully we'll see Jeter at some point. I hate that I have to yeah. say Jeter because I'm not a Derek Jeter yeah, fan. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> um, but uh, but I think Jeter Downs is the second baseman of the future. You know, Pedroia is gone now. Um, so I'd like to see the kid step in and, and see how he does. Yeah. And the last guy I had on my list, and this is a guy that was in a similar situation to Wander Franco when it comes to you know being young, but I think this guy is going to be an absolute monster, Jared Kelenic. Um, coming up in the Seattle Mariner, Mariners organization, um, very good outfielder. Kid has a ton of power. Um, they were in a situation this year where they where they could have justifiably gone ahead and called him up, and he could have made the opening day roster. Kyle Lewis, the AL MVP, plays his position center right. field, so he's not taking that from anybody. Uh, but they're they're pretty weak at the left spot in, in left field right now, and I think a lot of people thought he could have come up and made some noise. But this is another kid. You know, give him a year, mm-hmm. maybe call him up late. Because Seattle, I think they're a couple years from really being able to make some moves to get to where they can compete. I don't think they're there yet. Uh, but I'd like to see this kid this year uh, come up and just see what he can do against a, a larger sample size in spring. Because this is another guy that hit over 300 right. for the spring. Um, great kid. He's got a YouTube channel. If you ever get a chance, okay. check it out. Um, very, cool. very well spoken. Uh, seems like he's very respectful. So wish him nothing but the best. Uh, but I think he's going to be exciting. There's some opportunity there in that outfield. Um, even if Kyle Lewis, um, you know, I think he's only out for maybe the first six game, like the first, I think it's a six game homestand or something like so, that. Yeah. He should be back after that's a bruised knee. Mm-hmm. Uh, so nothing serious for him. So he'll be back. Uh, but you know, the left field spot, maybe that's a place that they could look to bring him in. If the guys that are there, uh, some young guys don't produce. Uh, so we'll see what happens there for sure, man. There's, and there's a couple other guys. I won't, I won't go in depth on them, but Andrew Vaughn for the white Sox. Yeah. They selected his contract. He's actually played. I saw him having a bat yesterday, hit a, a line shot to center field. It was caught, but seeing that kid come up as young as he is, I think he's got you know that talent. Uh, I touched on Dahlbach with the Red Sox. I think he's going to be tough. He might be a guy, though, who strikes out quite a bit. Small sample size in the in the uh, few games he played last year. 23 games, struck out 39 times. Wow. So, yeah. you know, that's on pace for a 200-strikeout season. Uh, but the last guy I have is Asa Lacey. So this kid is Kansas City. Um, he's not going to be up for a year or two. He needs to throw in the minors. They need to see him throw. But the kid came out of Texas A&M. He's 21 years old. At A&M, he went 14-5 and with a 207, had 224 Ks and 152 innings pitched. So the dude throws some cheese. Um, at a big-time school like A&M, yeah. it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to see him hopefully over the next – again, I don't think he'll be up this year, maybe not even next year. But that following year, I think he'll, he'll make the opening day roster. Uh, and then the last guy we talked about a little bit, who's a few years away – Jason Dominguez. Mm-hmm. That name has been thrown out there. And of course you hear this kid's 18, 17 years old. He's Mantle. He's Trout. He's all these guys mixed. Did you watch any video of him after I told no. you about him? Dude, if this kid's legit 17, 18 years old, because sometimes yeah. these kids that are coming out of these other countries lie about their age. <laughs> right. They change their names. Like that's legit, you know? Right. Um, this kid's a beast. Look, look him up. Jason Dominguez. Yeah. And he's a Yankee, of course. Mm-hmm. So he'll be on that bright, you know, bright lights, the big stage. Uh, he's going to be good. He's going to be he's going to be really good. So I can see him coming up again. He's seventeen, so it might not be till you know 2024, 2025. But kid can mash. It's unreal looking at him. Like this kid's no way seventeen. Beast. Real deal. Huh? Absolute beast. Big guy. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, he's just. I don't know exact you know measurements as far as how tall he is or his weight, but I think he's I think he's maybe coming in at two thirty to two forty. Um, he's seventeen, you know. He's he's probably six foot maybe, but yeah. he's just 
He's a big kid, man. Huh. He's gonna be. It's gonna be fun to track his progress over the next couple years and see. Because if he, I mean, if this dude comes in and he starts tearing up minor league pitching, maybe he gets fast tracked. I yeah. don't know. Uh, I'm hoping he does. I'm hoping he does well because I invested in some some uh, cards, yeah. <laughs> Jason, some Jason Dominguez rookie cards. That uh, we'll see how that goes. But yeah. those are my prospects, man. There's a lot of good young talent out there right now. Um, the White Sox have a lot of young talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're 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 so good. They're going to be tough with Eloy Jimenez being out. That sucks for them because that's a big part. He should be a Cub. You know, he went over in the Quintana trade a couple years ago. Stupid, absolutely stupid deal getting rid of him. But he's out eight months probably. So that's a big loss. But Luis Robert, um, the the reigning MVP. You know, Jose Abreu. Yeah. He has Manny Grandal, who again, not a fan of him. He got the PED stuff. I, I but he's a player. You know. Uh, they're going to be tough. They're, I, I think they should win that division. That that should be maybe even in a runaway, to be honest. Yeah. So. Well, that's that was one that was tight. So all you have to do is be the guy that gets the leg up. Yeah, I don't see it being tight this year. And, and just, we know it's not Cleveland. Yeah. We've already kind of talked about their woes. Detroit, I don't see Detroit making a move that, you know, Casey Mize hasn't lived up to his hype so far in the first year and a half of his career. I thought I was hoping big things for this kid. Um, maybe he'll turn it around. It's yeah. again small sample size, but that's that's the White Sox division to, mm-hmm. to lose for sure. Yeah, Minnesota could challenge. They can score, but there again, this is a team that has pitching problems. Really, since Johan Santana hasn't had a dominant ace. Yeah, and I think that's what killed him. What, what was that? Two years ago, they hit a ridiculous amount of home runs. Yeah, what's it come down to in the end? It's right. all it's always pitching. Always pitching, man. And I, I really like Miguel Sano. I got to meet Sano a few years back. I, 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 just a super nice kid. I hope he can string together. If he can start making better contact and get his average up to 250, mm-hmm. if he can hit 250, he can hit 35 bombs. Yeah. But man, you can't, you can't be at 220, 225, you know, striking out six times out of every 10 at bats. You can't do that. Yeah. You know, that's so, ugly. Yeah, man. So that's my prospects. And again, I think we got a, a good young crop of kids coming up and mm-hmm. some, some fun kids to watch. Yep. Absolutely. Rule changes. People are always tinkering with the game of baseball. And one of the things that we've had numerous discussions about, and this was one of my dad's pet peeves before he passed, was instant replay. It's the more, the farther, it's like once instant replay is involved in a sport, we never take away things we review. Right. We only add to it. Right. And in this drastic attempt to quote unquote speed the game up, you're adding things that you want to review that. The, the I replay, I hate the replay in baseball. It takes out that, that human element. It takes out that spur of the moment. Oh, man. I mean, look, Jim Joyce cost Armando Galarraga a no-hitter a few mm-hmm. years back. It sucks. But you remember it. Yeah. You're always going to remember it because of, man, he he biffed that one. Mm-hmm. You know, he messed up. Um, the the 85 series with uh, the, the Royals and the Cardinals. Yeah. Big missed call at first base. Like, that's stuff we remember with, with instant replay. Like you said, now they get a chance to – well, do we want to replay that one? Well, let me watch the monitor. Well, wait a minute. So, right. Okay, so we clearly know he was safe, so now I'm going to... Re- I think if you're going to bring instant replay in, they shouldn't get a chance to look at it in the dugout. You know what I mean? Right. You should have to think, man, that was close. Do I want to challenge it or not? Exactly. Not, well, I saw it, and he's safe, so I'm going to... Ch- because like you said, you're only adding to it. We're not taking anything away. Mm-hmm. I just don't like that. I don't. I like the human element. I know that's a phrase you hear all the time in baseball. All the human element. Just like the umpiring, the, the, the balls and strikes. Yeah. Get some better umpires, first of all, because there's a couple that are really, really Horrendous. bad. Uh, Joe West, Angel Hernandez. Angel Hernandez was the one that come to uh, mind. Oh, he's so bad. He's horrible. I saw a meme once that 
had uh, like uh, somebody's phone and had miss uh, miss call miss call miss call from Angel Angel. Yeah, <laughs> that, that was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, man, I, I'm 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 against instant replay. I hate it. I, I don't like it. They talk about wanting to make baseball. Oh man, we got to shorten the games. No, what? Well, it, it's been okay for 150 years. Mm-hmm. Why do you need to shorten the game? So let's add replay. Yeah, doesn't that extend the game? Well, if we're taking time to do that. There's just something about the game of baseball, and and the reason I think this we we owe it to people to kind of go into this a little bit. You might complain about hearing the phrase human element, but I think replay bothers me more in baseball than it does any other sport. I mean, I don't particularly like it mm-hmm. in football, but I can kind of accept it more there. But you're right; that human element is such. It's the tradition of it. Yeah. Um, it's it's the it's the relationship about a like you said it's a bang bang and there's so many plays in baseball like that and and in baseball it's not you you watch a football game the you know, score might be seventy to you know thirty five I mean there's baseball games are one to nothing sure, sure. And, and a game can turn on a call that's the drama that's the story right and and that's that's why we love this game and when you when you start to tinker with that and you hit the nail on the head you're 100 percent right when you talk about there's no way those guys should be able to watch that and, and, and make a decision after watching two or three angles if you're going to call and this goes into the philosophy stuff that i want to talk about in future episodes if you're going to call somebody's character into question because that's what you're doing right hold yourself to the same criteria that guy had a split second with no second chances right. to make a call. Yeah. So if you're going to challenge a play, don't watch your monitor. I'm with you. I don't you like, saw the same thing he did. Right. I don't like instant replay in any sport. I don't like yeah. it. Because, again, it's not – how how far down the road is it going to be when we don't even have refs or umps? Especially in, in baseball. you can, yeah. They already have the, the strike box yeah. on TV. Oh, that's one of the things I, – I, I wrote some stuff down because I couldn't remember all this – just asinine stuff that I read about <laughs> rule changes, but one of them is is like a automated strikes, you know, automated strike system, and and you know one of the levels which I'll go through here in a minute. But what? Like, stop, man, stop messing with the game. If you don't like baseball, don't watch it. Right. Pretty simple. Yep. Like, if you don't like it, you don't respect it. You don't. It's different. You know. It's almost like I think a lot of people see baseball fans all oh, uppity. You know what I mean? Kind of. No, man. This is blue collar. You get off work. You take the kids or, you know, the family, whatever. You go watch a ball game. And you can, you can sit there for three hours, smell the grass, listen to the sounds, hear the organ. You know, if you go to yep. to Wrigley or one of the older stadiums, if you go to some of the newer stadiums, it's more geared toward kids. So, oh, we're playing stupid games yeah. every you know, half inning on the scoreboard. You don't need that, man. Right. We just go and let's just watch the game. Let's enjoy the game. That's – I'm a purist and, you know, you know that. Yep, with, with absolutely. Baseball, man. I don't yeah. like changes. I don't – if it's gonna, if it's something that's gonna help somebody, I don't even like the change in the helmets. Now they're wearing the big old, you know, cover down over the face. To me, isn't that kind of getting in your peripherals there? Maybe not. Maybe that's just. I, I think it looks stupid. Yeah. Even if it's gonna save somebody and you feel more comfortable wearing it, that's cool. Yeah, whatever. That's fine. But don't change the game, man. It's yeah. a great game. Well, let's hear about some of the ridiculousness. <laughs> Again, I had to write these down because man, I couldn't. I a I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> Um, so we'll start kind of kind of low in low A ball in the southeast. They want to start with an automated ball strike system to quote assist home plate umpires in calling balls and strikes. Again, that's I just, just we just talked we about just this. talked about that, and I don't understand it. That are you having trouble getting umpires? Like do you, it's not like you pay umpires anything at that level anyway. Right. Hey, here's twenty five bucks. Go stand back there. So let's spend. Million, hundreds of millions of dollars on these new systems to 
take another human element out of it. I hate it. I don't like that at all. Um, they're, they're in low A in the West League. They're they're talking about a pitch timer. So you have, and they've been kind of talking about mm-hmm. that, experimenting with that in the pros anyway. Hey, in between, you know, in between uh, this batter and this batter, you have X amount of seconds. Again, there are certain pitchers who will walk around the mound. Not so much these days as used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Randy Myers was like that. There's a couple, maybe Danny Jackson, a couple guys who it's like, dude, they're like human rain delays. It's like get the ball and throw the ball. Yeah, you know, but some of them take forever. So. In that one, I can see adding maybe a little a clock to say, okay, dude, if I don't know, I don't know how you would do it. Do you give a warning? Do you say, okay, if you, you know, again, I don't know. I, yeah. I guess with me, it all boils back, don't change the game. Um, but that was one of the other ones. Another low A was <laughs> this was the one that just <laughs> in low A, they're having a pickoff or a step off limit. This is what they're they're talking about doing. So pitchers will be limited to two pickoff attempts while there's a runner at first base. If he throws a third pickoff attempt and he gets the guy out, well, then he's out. But if he doesn't get the guy out, then it's considered a balk and it'll move the runner up to second. Again, it doesn't make Stupid. a lick of sense. It doesn't. People who, I hate people at baseball games who boo pickoff attempts. Oh, they're throwing over to first. Boo. Like, why are you booing that? Do you not, do you not, because you don't understand why he's doing that. Right. You know, that's the problem. You don't understand the game. That's why you're not booing the pickoff attempt. You're booing the your ignorance is what you're right. booing, <laughs> but I don't get that one. Um, another thing in high A ball, they were doing a step off rule. The pitcher must disengage from the rubber when throwing to any base because now you can just kind of turn and spin, right? Mm-hmm. They're wanting you to have to step off, and then it's like, well, that you're never gonna you're never gonna pick anybody off. No, you can't deceive them. You can't, you know. I don't know. I didn't like that one, but the, probably the dumbest one: Triple A, larger bases. <laughs> Um, we joked about possibly next time they're going to bring in the, the big red bats with the big head, you know, like right. the wiffle ball bats. <laughs> but they want to change the bases from 15 to 18 square inches to avoid collisions. Um, how many collisions do you see a year that really hurt somebody? I don't remember the last one. Right? Do, do you see more people probably hit in the face or hit in the head with a pitch? Absolutely. So let's bring in softer balls. Uh-huh. Let's get these just fluffy balls that just float in there. That way, if it hits a guy, oh, he's okay. Trot on down to first. Like, how, how far do you take this? <laughs> you know what I mean? It just make don't change the game. Making the bases bigger. Peewee like, ball. <laughs> like your brother had said when we were talking before, hey, let's put that big orange base on there like right. they do in Peewee League. <laughs> it just makes no sense. You don't see enough of those. I, they want to make everything safer, and it should be. Mm-hmm. But you within can't reason, out. you know, back in the fifties and sixties, they didn't even wear helmets, right? Right. So bringing a helmet in, probably a good idea. Making the bases bigger, get out of here, right? Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's some of the dumb rules that I saw for this year that I had to, I had to write down. That you know, most of them they they're starting in the low A leagues and just to see how it goes, and hopefully it goes terribly, terribly for them, so they don't bring that up to the big league level. Because I just. I don't like it. Yeah. Well, there, there were a couple that I wanted to touch on that uh, aren't that egregious per se. Sure. Um, but now we're starting extra innings with a stinking runner on second base. Puts a pitcher to a huge disadvantage. Just absolutely stupid. Absolutely stupid. Well, whatever you're using stats for, forget that now because you got to come up with a new metric. Right. Or at least a new standard that sure. these ERAs are going to have to be in. You're absolutely right. Um, it, it's not doesn't make any sense to me. And again, this is all this. If you don't like baseball, don't watch it. Yeah. If you don't appreciate the grind 
of 162 games, and these games are three and a half, four hours long, right. don't watch it. Well, we were talking the other day about, I think it was you and I, they did a study and they said there was right around maybe 10 or 11 total minutes of action in a football game. Mm-hmm. Maybe even less than that. 10 or 11 minutes, and it's three and a half hours. Mm-hmm. Nobody's ever complaining about that. No. You know what I mean? It's like, if you don't like it, don't go. But we're not going to change it. Mm-hmm. You know? I, I don't, I, that one, that's one that, so a pitcher can come in, he can throw, you know, one bad pitch, single up the middle, that guy scores. He strikes out the next three. His team comes in. They strand the runner. He gets the loss because of one single up the middle. For a runner, he's not even responsible for putting on. Right. That's that makes no sense. Yeah. Like you no said, if, if you're going to do that, you have to start a whole other category. That's a team loss. Mm-hmm. Now, if you go, well, yeah, I don't know. I don't like it. I don't know why they brought that back. I think that was stupid. They talked about a universal DH. Mm-hmm. I want to see the pitchers hit. Yeah. I love watching the pitchers hit in the National League. Is it rough sometimes? Yeah, but it's a different game. Bunt. Mm-hmm. Get the bunt down. You well, know? I always thought that was what was interesting about the World Series under the current environment is you get to see them flip. Yeah. You get to see American League pitchers. Okay, we'll see how you do in a series where you have to have a pitcher hit. Right. And then how does a does a National League team gain an advantage or does it help them to hit with a DH? Right. So you just that's just always part of the game. And I'm like you, I, I don't like change anyway. Mm-hmm. And and this this is a sacred sport, man, yeah. to me. And it, when you start tinkering with little things like that, and one of the things that I think we had talked about in one of our planning meetings for this episode was uh, the stop the shift stuff. That's one that I'm I'm on the fence on as far as stopping it, because I see both sides. My dad hates it. Mm-hmm. He said that should be stopped. Well, the way to stop it is to start bunning, mm-hmm. start taking advantage of that. I was, we were watching Jay Bruce today. Jay Bruce with the Yankees right now. Yep, he's getting a chance while. The Yankees' first baseman, you know, Voight's out. He's probably not going to keep that job very long, right. by the way he's playing. Uh, did come up with a clutch hit today, but he came up, and it was a, I think it was just a 0-0 count, I believe. Maybe a 0-1 count. Uh, he had the whole left side of the field. Even the announcer said, hey, you push it, that's an easy double. You push it down the line, that's an easy double. Like, you're you're guaranteed a hit every at-bat, mm-hmm. and you're not taking advantage of it because you're selfish. Yep. All it comes down to is you're selfish. Oh, well, I, you know, I'm paid to hit them in the seats. No, you're paid to do what's best for the team. Right. Produce runs. I don't get it, man. I don't. The, the stolen bases coming up. Oh, that's boring. No, it's not, man. Yeah. It's not boring. Seeing a 10 to 8 game with seven home runs, like, yeah, that's exciting, but it's not the game, man. It's not. Get them on, get them over, get them in. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You don't see bunt, you don't see stolen bases anymore. Surprisingly, saw Javi Baez for the Cubs stole two bases today. What the heck? Where did that come from? Yeah. I want to see that more. Trout used to to run whenever he first came up. Got hurt a little bit. Hurt the fingers on some slides. Probably the GM or the manager saying, hey, man, you're a cash cow. You know, scale that back a little bit. We know you could steal 40 or 50 bases in a year, but we're not going to let you do it. Which is just, it's ripping the fans off. Yep. And it's kind of ripping him off. Mm-hmm. But I see, hey, we're going to give you $500 million. We can't afford to just get Protect hurt. Protect your investment. So it just circles all the way back to it's about that money. And it's yeah. it's sad, man. It's sad for us. Yeah. But what a stupid, off on a soapbox there, what a stupid rule. Just yeah. a stupid rule that, that, that they put in. I don't like that at all. Yeah. Well, we get the All-Star game back this year. Uh, that was one of the biggest disappointments for, for us as a family, my family. That's a, that's a summer event for us, yeah. man. We make a night of it, uh, especially the Home Run Derby. Um, that's we ha- we had the same thing. I always grill hot dogs and brats. We make nachos and and just have a good time. The kids right. always always we always pick a player. 
uh, who we think we're, is going to win it. So we missed that last year. So it'll be good to have All-Star Weekend back. Um, really excited for that. On, on the serious part of the All-Star game, uh, we've got this issue now. And this has been like this for a few years where uh, the winner dictates home field advantage for the World Series. Um, I'm not a fan of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you're putting guys in a position where they're being held accountable or benefiting from nothing that was <laughs> that they were a part of. You know, maybe one or two players. Right. Uh, but, I, but I think that needs to stop. Yeah, I don't like that either. I think maybe they're they're still trying to keep it a, a competitive because you know it's it's still the most competitive of the three major sports as far as the the All Star Game goes or like the Pro Bowl in, in NFL. That's a joke. Mm-hmm. Nobody even wants to go to that. They have so many alternates, and the starters aren't even showing up. But you know what I mean. So that's a joke. And then the NBA, mm-hmm. it's not the same. It's oh, it's 175 to 178. You know what I mean? Like there's nothing on the line. They don't have to. So I see where baseball maybe said, "Hey, we still want this to mean something," but I think they're going about it the wrong way. I don't think, like you yeah. said, it, somebody for Pittsburgh Pirates might have a say in you know why are the Dodgers having to play start start the World right. Series on the road. Like that just doesn't make sense to me. Well, it puts a team in a position where they can have a very, very dominant. Like I can't remember what year that was. The Yankees won a ridiculous amount of games. Imagine them having to not get home field advantage right. because of a stinking yeah. All Star game. Maybe come up with some other incentive. You know, used to it was incentive based. Hey, man, if you make an All Star team, you know, you make fifty thousand extra bucks, or you do this, you get a, a share of this money. But what's fifty thousand bucks when your contract's three hundred million? I don't care if I win that or not. Right. You know, so you can't yeah. really incentivize them with money. Right. So I don't know how you do it, but you got to mm. take that out. That just doesn't make sense. Well, and I just, I guess maybe the answer is just not expect anything super serious from the All-Star game. You know, it's a game where these guys, they get to take a break from the regular season. They just, they have a good time. They just let it be that. I would rather have that than them go tinkering with things that affect, you know, long-term outlooks and all that stuff. But who do you think hits in the Derby this year? I heard Teoscar Hernandez for um, the Blue Jays. I heard them say yesterday or today that he said, I want in it. I want in yeah. this derby. Um, I don't know, man, because I know Chris Bryant said he would never do it again. Um, you hear these guys who do it, and it's a grind. Yeah. I don't know. You know, you've taken batting practice. Yep. Imagine, A, you're taking, you know, there's all these 40,000, 50,000 people in the stadium with their eyes on you expecting you to homer. Mm-hmm. So you're trying to go out there and do more. Maybe you're changing your swing a little bit. So the second half of the year, maybe, man, something I did in that all, you know, that home run derby hurt. Maybe mm-hmm. my oblique's a little strained or I hurt my shoulder a little bit or my swing's a little off because I was trying to lift everything for the derby. So I don't know. I don't know who, I think probably Pete Alonzo will probably come back to defend his title. Yeah. Um, I could see Vladdy Jr. maybe doing it again. Hernandez, who I mentioned before. Um Gary Sanchez, possibly. Yeah. I don't like the fact now it could be anybody. You don't even have to make the all-star team. You used right. to. You had to be an all-star. You had to be an all-star. I don't know if I like that or not, but if, if guys who are all-stars don't want to do it, okay. Maybe have an alternate or two mm-hmm. for guys who don't want to do it, but it's kind of like three-point contest, dunk contest. You don't have to be an all-star anymore to do that stuff, so yeah. it's kind of open to anybody. I always wanted to see them put a rule in that you take the top eight home run leaders. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have, if you're in the top eight in home run count by the All Star break, you're playing. I say though, a lot of managers would be like, no. You know, no, I'm sure. You know, Aaron Judge, who or Giancarlo, mm-hmm. man, Stanton is he got 26 homers at the All Star break, but he's prone to getting hurt. Do we want to put him in that put position? Him, yeah. So there's going to be a lot of kickback on that. So you can't really do that. Um, but yeah, it's yeah, it's it's fun to watch. Mm-hmm. I think looking back at like the ones we grew up with watching in. In the late 90s, early 2000s, 
you're watching these guys put on a show and then you realize this is all fake you know this is all in a in a syringe you know what yeah. i mean sosa mcguire bonds all these guys who are doing it and it it was it was a different feel because we were naive so now i watch it and i'm looking through it kind of jaded a little bit mm-hmm. thinking well this guy's hitting bombs has he ever been has he ever cheated yeah. well he doesn't do it any Nelson Cruz well he doesn't do it anymore well he did it enough to get a huge contract right the benefit doesn't go away yeah he's still <laughs> massive right um, so I'm, I'm a little bit jaded when it comes to that stuff Who, uh-huh. who's doing it the right way so I don't know I don't. it's not as fun as it used to be but again I wish I had that naivety back as far as yeah. sports because the stuff we grew up with man I feel cheated uh-huh. I just talked to, to um, a buddy of mine today and said hey man I, I grew up you know mid 80s I don't remember a whole lot, obviously, until like 88, 89, and on. But our childhood was, you know, 88 to 2000, basically, right in there. And that's just the height. The steroids started to come in, and I feel cheated. Mm -hmm. It makes you go back and you look at guys like Wade Boggs and Tony Gwynn, and you appreciate those boring players. Mm -hmm. Man, all he does is hit singles. Holy crap, he had 3,200 hits. Right. Like, this guy had, you know, these guys like that you appreciate more instead of, oh, man, I want to see... Can say you know Canseco is my favorite. Mm-hmm. I want to see Canseco hit home run after home run, and then you realize, in his own words, he was a joke. I was mm-hmm. fake. I was a fraud. And you see him now, and you're like, you're a joke. You're like <laughs> this dude just fought in West Virginia like three weeks ago, fought in like a tough man thing, knocked out in like ten seconds. But he'll do anything for money now. And it's just sad how how that all came around. What a but, fall, yeah. But yeah, man, the the guys we grew up watching, I feel. I know this wasn't the question, but I kind of just had that thought of talking, you know, bringing it around to to our days of of growing up with these guys who were just fake, man. I yeah. hate it. I hate I hate that. You know, we, we didn't get to see my dad got to see Willie Mays, the tail end of Mick's career. Um, again, you'll talk about well, those guys didn't have to face the best, you know, black pitchers, or you didn't have to, you know, those guys took greenies. And yeah, man, that stuff was going on. I mean, are greenies any better than Red Bull? I mean, greenies give you a basically right. speed, right? Red Bull does that same thing, so mm-hmm. I don't know how much the Greenies really, what they did, um, and I know each era has they they had those in the seventies, sixties, and seventies, eighties had the cocaine issue. You know, you had Dave Parker, you had Tim Raines who used to slide head first because he kept a crack vial in his back pocket, didn't want to you know break it. I don't know if you ever heard that story or uh-huh. not. Um, but you know, you had Dwight Gooden, um, you had Fergie Jenkins caught coming back over the border with a, a bunch of crack like. What are these guys doing? Well, then it escalates into that steroid era, and well, at least it's not cocaine or crack or whatever. But man, these guys are all fake, dude. They're all uh-huh. fake. When you see Brady Anderson hitting fifty home runs in a year, look up Brady Anderson sometime. I don't know if you were watching baseball as much back then. Uh-huh. Look him up and look at his stats. Here's this little dude who hit yeah fifteen, twelve, uh, fifty-two, huh? <laughs> Luis Gonzalez, right? The guy played for the Cubs, played for the uh, Astros, wasn't really doing a whole lot. Went to the Diamondbacks, his forearms, had forearms, and he hit 50, <laughs> like 57 home runs or 53 home runs. Yeah. That's the stuff we grew up with, man. I feel cheated. I, it, it makes me mad about yeah. the game. But that was that – I think a lot of it that makes me mad is that naivety. I don't have that anymore, you know, and I'm jaded with yeah. all sports anymore. I, I don't look at it as that kid like I used to, and I hate that. Yeah. Because I want to look at it and think, man, these guys are – they're bigger than life. And then, you know, I've had the opportunity to meet a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And 99% of them are great, especially the older guys who were making $100,000 a year or who had a, a job in the offseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're great and they love it. But you realize when you meet some of them, you're like, these guys aren't bigger than life. These guys are jerks, man. Yeah. 
you know, and that any advantage they can get to prolong their career and and I, to kind of segue, I, I told you I, I just read this book. Um, I'm gonna read the name of it. I don't want to butcher it. Oh, let's see, man. Where are we at? You might have to edit this part out, PJ. So the book I just got done reading is called Bloodsport, Alex Rodriguez, Biogenesis, and the Quest to End Baseball Steroid Era. Um, really makes you just hate A-Rod even. I, you look at A-Rod, and he's hateable anyway. <laughs> you just look at that <laughs> mug of his, that smug, just arrogant. You know all this stuff about him. And then I'm reading this book. How baseball bent over backwards. Basically, it's bent over backwards for this guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they wanted to take him down, and they did, but he's on MLB programming to this day. Yep. And it's like, dude, this guy made you guys look like an idiot. Baseball's doing deals in the backseat of cars with felons. Here's $125,000. Give us the information you have on A-Rod cheating. So it just shows you how corrupt baseball is. Like, A-Rod... A joke. This makes him out to look like a... I mean, he's, again, he's a joke anyway. I liked him. I thought, this is the new breed. This is the guy. Everybody was, oh, Jeter. Again, I'm not a Jeter fan, but mm-hmm. he did it the right way. Right. I was a Nomar fan first. I thought Nomar was the best of those three shortstops. But A-Rod was the guy. He's going to take baseball. Finally, it's coming out of that steroid era. And then not only did he cheat, it was multiple times, multiple years. And the way he tried to, to blame people for his failed tests very smug like like ryan braun did yeah read that book if you get a chance again it's called blood sport alex rodriguez biogenesis and the quest in baseball steroid era it's really good and really kind of makes you look um at it a little differently again i know that was not the original question i kind of went down that steroid path but i just want that naivety back man i want to be a kid again i want my dad to leave me notes in the morning saying oh canseco hit three you know three Mm -hmm. run homer in the ninth uh cubs won four to two you know pirates want I miss that. And it'll never yeah. be like that again because you kind of get to that point where you're jaded, man. Yeah. It's just... Uh... Well, I think keeping up with the young talent, and that's, you know, to the home run derby, I think guys, when... Uh, I think Cody Bellinger was in it one year. That was a lot of fun for me, and I don't think he did very well. But this is... A, he's a young kid, not a real big guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, pretty scrawny compared to some. I mean, he's no no trout. That swing. Or oh, His my swing, goodness. He generates so much bat speed, and the lift he has... Mm-hmm. Whew. Pop. Pop, pop, guys like him and Hosmer, and, and that's. I think if there's any way to save it in my mind for me, it's it's keeping up with the young guys like that, mm-hmm. and just hope that somehow Major League Baseball gets this figured out to where you just don't have the PED use. And I think uh, when I was on your podcast and we got to talking about this, I said if Major League Baseball wanted to stop it, they'd stop it. Absolutely, they it, it just make the three strikes you're gone. It shouldn't even be three strikes. First of all, I think, and you can never get this to the players' union. It should be in every contract. Hey, if you fail a drug test, we recoup all that money we gave you. Mm-hmm. You're giving it back. We're not, you know, there's no drugs involved. If you get caught, I don't care if it's not even PEDs, cocaine, whatever. Right. Excuse me, anything like that, you know, your contract is void. They'll never do that. They'll never go for that because that doesn't benefit the players. I get it. Right. Um, the, the testing is, hey, man, you're out 50 games. So what? I'm going to make... They're about to pay, you know, as Monty Grandal again. We talked Nelson Cruz, guys like that, Ryan Braun. They don't care. Who cares? You know, mm-hmm. you, you're giving me two hundred million dollars. Everybody hates me, and in in, you know, that's a baseball fan. I don't care. I can do whatever I want for the rest of my life. You know, there's no Crazy. consequences of that. Oh, I might yeah. not make the Hall of Fame. Okay, I still got seventy five million dollars in the bank. You know, mm-hmm. you can't reward that kind of behavior, man. People cheat, and I, I think it's it's getting better, and I think we have a lot of those guys who are weeded out, mm-hmm. and a lot of the guys who still test positive unfortunately are guys who are coming over 
you know, getting signed at 16, 17 years old, maybe coming from the Dominican or, or Cuba. And I get it, man. It's You got a rough life. Hey, what, what's my way out? Here's my way out. So I'm going to take an edge. My family's working. My parents are working two jobs. They're making $1,000 a month. Mm-hmm. I can do this if I have to take an injection for, you know, six weeks or whatever, and I can get a contract that can take me out of that poverty and make my parents, you know, make their life so much better, make my life so much better. That's got to be hard to say no to. Yeah. You know, you have to live with it, but that's got to be hard for some of those kids who all they know is poverty, and I can do this and maybe cheat a little bit, but my kids and my kids' kids can be set up for life. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, there's a benefit to it or people wouldn't do it. Right. And that's I think we've had a conversation before that, you know, how much does that help you? What's well, the difference between hitting 320 and 380? Dude, it's huge. It's it's, mm-hmm. it's recovery time, and you hear a lot of the people, oh, man, you still got to hit the ball. Yeah, if you're at that position, if you're already being looked at as one of these great players or you're in the big leagues or AAA, AA, whatever, then you have that gift already where you're hitting it, right? But you're hitting it maybe 390 feet on your fly balls, and now they're going 415 feet. So your eight home runs turns into 27 home runs. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Again, your recovery time's better. You can see the ball better. Everything, Everything's better. It's not, well, it doesn't help them. Then why do they do it? I always love that argument. It doesn't. Those don't help. Then why are you doing it? Mm-hmm. It doesn't make a lick of sense to me. Sorry mm-hmm. to get off on the steroid. No, that's it, it bears mentioning. I think um, the last thing you want to do is let it get swept under the rug because that was a big deal. Sure, Bud Siegel let it. He let it for years. Yeah. And then whenever he was about to be outed, when he, he was about to retire – that's when he decides, well, I don't want my legacy to be, look what I created, the the Maguire, the Sosa monster of 98. Oh, man, fans love it. it mm-hmm. They were on everything, man. It wasn't just sports stuff. They were on, they were on news and talk shows because it brought baseball to a level. Maguire hitting that homer, going over to Maris's family and shaking their hands. And, like, dude, you're lying to them. Mm-hmm. Like, you, how do you have the audacity to go over to his widow, to his kids, and be like, man, I'm so, you know, dude, right. you're just a big, you're a liar. Yeah, You're a cheat and a liar, man, and that. But Selig did that, and then whenever he was getting ready to leave, we got to take down a Rod. I'm gonna do everything I can to take down a Rod because I want that to be my legacy. Mm-hmm. And he did. Yeah. You know, unfortunately, that's. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, and, I, and I've talked to my kids about it some, and I said it, it got so ridiculous. I mean, these guys wind up going to testify in front of congressional hearings, which mean, which mean nothing, and that'll be handled in another podcast episode <laughs> some other day. Right. Um, but they they blatantly lied. Oh, in, in I mean, Palmero, Palmero yeah. wagging his finger. I did not take steroids, period. Yeah. Oh, you tested positive before you even said that. And you knew you tested positive. Mm-hmm. But you still came out and did that because you didn't think that your your results would be leaked. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I mean, it goes all the way back to the Mitchell report from the early 2000s when 107 players or whatever, their names were on it. People who, David Ortiz, and people never talk, oh, David, like, he cheated. Like, he cheated. Like, what, mm-hmm. look what he did with Minnesota. Yeah. He was a scrawnier guy, didn't do anything gets to Boston and he's larger than life. Maybe he stopped, but he's, his name was on that list. Mm-hmm. These guys all cheated. You know, Pujols is a name that's kind of been out there. People have wondered, A, is he older than he is? A, a, a GM came out two or three weeks ago and said, everybody knows Pujols is not the age he says he is. Like, what? Yeah. And his name was supposedly, possibly on that Mitchell report. Did he fail a test? And now look at him, man. He's a couple, maybe less than 200 RBIs away from the all-time RBI record. Mm-hmm. He's... 40 home runs away from 700. If that guy's tainted in any way and he does that, it's hard to look at him the same way and think, did he cheat? Mm-hmm. But you don't want to, you don't want to have to do it with everybody. But where does it start? I mean, yeah. where well, does it that's, stop? It's important for younger the younger generation that didn't live through that to understand what that does 
yeah. to a sport and your perception of it. Yeah. And, and something that you appreciate that much uh, and that you watch. And, and I was the same way. Well, I can remember I, I got Sports Illustrated for kids mm-hmm. until I was probably maybe seventh grade. And, man, I looked forward to those issues because those were the guys on there. Yeah. And then, yeah, I understand exactly what you're talking about because you, you get older you get wiser and you see what kind of a circus it turned into. And, I mean, we're talking about a whole generation of players. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't just a, a couple of years. No. I mean, this was that's what I try to tell my kids. This was a whole – It was the steroid I era. I mean, we, we, was, have, yeah. we have stuff in our senior yearbook about news events. Sure. And there's a whole page dedicated to the McGuire-Sosa race. Right. Right. And, it, and it means nothing. And it means nothing. It means so, absolutely nothing, dude. And, so, you know, it, it went to the, going back to the congressional hearings and so, so, you know, all of a sudden can't speak English. Like, <laughs> just stuff like that. You watch that. It's like, guys, A, own up to it. Right. Just own up. Okay, look, McGuire, up. I, I'm not here to talk yeah. about the past. What, what, are we here to talk about the future? Like, okay, what did you do in the future? <laughs> what do you mean we're not here to talk right. about the past? You cheated. Own up. Well, I'll yeah. own up whenever I'm going to write a book. That's what all these guys own up. Well, I can make some money off of it, Pete Rose. I'll own up whenever I can write a book or give an interview where I make something out of it. Mm-hmm. And that's just sad. Yeah, it's nuts. But hopefully, the younger generation learns from that. You know, these kids coming up. Hopefully, they stay clean. I hope and so. We'll at least get the sport back, back to at least a resemblance of itself. Yeah, I mean, it's back still. Then. It's still a beautiful game, man. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's the, no no better environment in live sports no. than a Major League Baseball game. No. And as much as I, I love hockey, and if you ever get a chance Hockey's to go to an NHL game, that's a good time. But there's this you, – you touched on it earlier. There's a certain smell. There's a feel. There's no better three and a half acres of grass Mm-mm. than a Major League Baseball field. I yeah. mean, that's, that's, the, that's the environment. So. It's beautiful, man. It's still the greatest game there is. Uh, let's wrap it up with 2021 predictions. Who survives this thing? Man, and we, we touched on it a little bit earlier. If it's not the Dodgers and the Yankees, I hope it's not. You know, I hope somebody else kind of comes in, especially knocks the Dodgers off. They had their, they had it. We get it. That's mm-hmm. cool. You, you live in Southern California. We, you kind of have the best of everything out there. You got the best weather. You get, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, let somebody else have that title this year. But if, if you held a gun to my head and said, hey, who you got? I mean, I'm, I got to say the Dodgers. Yeah. I got to say that they, they win it, but I don't think the Mets have enough offense in the National League to to challenge. I don't think – I think the Cardinals are going to win the Central, but I don't think they have enough pitching to hold up. Um, the West, I mean, the Padres could possibly push them. There's going to be a surprise team. There always is. Right. There's going to be a Philadelphia or somebody come out of nowhere. You're going, what? Mm-hmm. Why is this team in the race? But I think the Dodgers – I think they – I think they win that division. I think the Mets are in there in the East. Uh, I think the the Cardinals are in the Central, and I think well, there's two wild card teams now, which don't even, that's a whole different topic of. Oh, I know. Let's just keep adding. Let's just let let's reward mediocrity. Uh-huh. You know, let's do that. Um, I think San Diego makes the playoffs as well, but I just think the Dodgers are too strong. Yeah. In uh, in that league and American League again, the Yankees in the East. I think watch out for the Blue Jays. That's I hope they win it. I would love to see in the next five years. I don't think it'll happen. I'd love to see a Cubs Blue Jays series. Yeah. Bichette's probably my favorite player in the game right now. Love watching him play. I think they can make a run. I think the the White Sox win the Central. Um, and the West, man, I don't think it matters. I don't Honestly, either. I just don't. And think that's it sad. Matters. That's that's you know the Angels are out there and there's some teams that Oakland I think came out on top of that division last year. They lost Simeon though. Simeon I know. left. Yeah, that's a huge loss. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'm going to pick the Angels to win the West, but I don't think they have enough. They just don't have enough pitching. Now, yeah. maybe they're playing well first half of the year. Maybe they go out at the trade deadline. If they could get a solid one and maybe a, a like another guy to come in, another a five. You mm-hmm. know, again, they're talking about Kyle Hendricks might be, in, you know, being on the move if the Cubs tank. Maybe that's a guy you try to get, but I just don't see them having the pitching. So I don't want to say Dodgers and Yankees because that's pretty much what everybody's, everybody's with. pick. Yeah, a, a team I didn't touch on is the Braves. You know, they're young mm-hmm. enough. Christian Pache, uh, Acuna Jr., Dansby Swanson, uh, Ozzy Albies. Like they have pieces. Max Free. They have they have pieces. Mm-hmm. Is their pitching going to be where it needs to be? Yeah. So I'll go out on a limb and I'll pick San Diego. Yeah. Out of the West, I don't think that's a bad pick. I don't. And think I, the pitching is not quite where Los Angeles is, uh, but man, these guys are going to score some runs. And if they can make it out of that division, yeah. I think they'll they'll be tough. Well, I uh, think for sure they're going to be that'll be yeah. a wild card for sure. Um, so I, I'm going to go with them there. You're right. It's hard to get. It's hard to pick against the Yankees. Um, you talked about surprises. I, I think the White Sox. You know, if they, that's another one. All you if you can make it out of the Central. Yeah. I mean, I mean, a lot can happen in October, man. Lucas Giolito and Dallas Keuchel as a one and two. You get to the playoffs, you have those two solid starters. Um, you got Michael Kopech in the bullpen. I think uh, Dylan Cease uh, is going to be tough. Uh, again, another guy the Cubs lost in a. You look at the, what the Cubs have lost, and you know, obviously that's my team. So, with with Schwarber leaving last year and Lester leaving, they lost Quintana this year. But losing Eloy Jimenez, Glaber Torres, mm-hmm. you know, Dylan Cease. They've lost so much talent the last couple years that they should be in the conversation every year for possible World Series contenders, you know? Yeah. But, unfortunately, we're not there. Yeah. We'll see how it all shakes out. I know the National League is going to be fun to watch, especially that NL West. Yeah. Every game you can catch, catch it. It's going to be There's going to be some some hot division games going on there. Um, I'll stick with the Padres. We'll see how it all shakes out. It's hard to pick against the Yankees. That's what I had was Padres-Yankees. I think the Yankees, what might hurt them is possibly pitching. Yeah. Because, again, they got Garrett Cole. Great. But you're basing your your number two starter on Corey Kluber, who hasn't pitched in two years. And he could blow up at any time. He could. He could could win 15 to 18 games. Or he could be hurt soon. Yeah. Um, so that would be their only bugaboo right there. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that anybody else has the offense to keep up. Um, hopefully the Blue Jays do. I hope the Blue Jays kind of play them tight. And uh, at the yeah. end, they're there. Because I, I think that's a team that has enough offensive firepower. Again, I think that would be not great as far as the, the pitching goes. Um, but, yeah, it, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun year. Yep. I'm hoping to watch more this year. Obviously, I'm back here on the mainland instead of being in Hawaii. Hawaii, you know, everything's different. I'm coming home. I'm having to catch up. I can see the scores. But if I want to go back and watch the Cubs games, I have to get on the app and go back yeah. and watch them, whatever. Here I can watch them live. So today I, I, I took in maybe bits and pieces of seven or eight games. Um, so I'm going to try to do that. You know, every Cub game I'll record and, and come home and watch it. But we'll see, man. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. I, I'm anxious. I'm glad it's back. Absolutely. You know, I, I, I think that's where everybody's at. I, I love I – love College, fo- uh, college football, obviously. Mm-hmm. I love college basketball. You know, Michigan had a great year, but it's done. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, man, thank God baseball's here. Let's get after it. Thank God baseball's here. So, yep. Yeah, man, it'll be good. Awesome. Well, man, it's been fun. Always Absolutely. a pleasure having you on here. Now, you just uh, recorded a new podcast episode of your own today. I did. I actually uh, talked to a friend of mine who I met in, uh, in Maui. Um, didn't know much about him. Found out what a coworker of mine uh, said, hey, man, you should talk to Joey. Joey play ball. And I'm thinking, oh, you know, this guy probably played, you know, some some AAA or maybe in some semi-pro leagues or whatever. I'll I'll talk to him at some point. Didn't think much about it. Would see Joey, you know, around security guard at the hospital there. 
and we talk a little bit. Joe, big guy. Joey's a big, big, tall guy, big bruiser. Um, super nice guy. So eventually I find out his last name. I'm like, Joey Meyer. Joey Meyer, Joey Meyer. So I Google him. Joey Meyer. All right. You know, Joey only spent a few years up in in the bigs, but he has the longest home run in professional baseball history. 582 feet. He hit uh, in Denver back in 1987. And, you know, you, you have others that are estimated further with Mantle and, and, and Ruth and guys like that. Mm-hmm. But this was actually measured 582 feet. Um, but he tells some good stories on it, man. He, he was teammates with Paul Molitor and Robin Yount. Um, talks about uh, being around Joe DiMaggio and Cal Ripken and just some really cool stories from Joey. Great guy. So it was, it was fun to talk to him. But I'm going to try to get my, you know, my interview with him out in the next few days. So hopefully you guys will check that out and see how it goes. Hope you like it. Awesome. And that you're on YouTube now? I'm on YouTube. Uh, you can go to Brent Ewing's Hey Buddy podcast. Also, I do it on SoundCloud. Uh, same thing. You can find it there or just go to my Facebook page. I have a Brent Ewing's Hey Buddy Facebook page and then my also my you know my regular Facebook page. So I put them out on there and yeah, man, it's 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 fun. You know, yeah. I don't care if anybody listens. It's just fun to kind of to talk. I mean, we did one back in a year and a half yeah, ago. Yeah, it's been I a while. Think. Yep. And uh, still my most listened to podcast. Uh, that's crazy. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> but that was fun, right? We yeah, just sat down and, and shot the breeze for you know quite a while. And I started off doing just one on one interviews with people I went to school with, and uh, it kind of. I won't say it blew up, but for here, for a local podcast, it got it did pretty well. Yeah. And then I kind of switched gears again. Being in Hawaii, it was hard to, to time it just right to get with people here. I would get off work. They would be in bed already. I would get up for, you know, I'd go to bed. They'd be up already. So it was kind of difficult. But Bub Dunn and I started doing one on sports, mostly talking Michigan sports. Um, so we would do one occasionally here and there. But I want to get back into the one-on-one stuff. I really enjoy this. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I have one set up with another friend, a guy we went to school with, uh, coming up here, hopefully pretty soon, and he's going to talk about uh, his addiction issues and how he overcame them, and uh, he's doing really well now. So that'll be fun. I'm going to get with him. I won't tell you know say who that is right now, sure. uh, just in case for some reason it doesn't happen. Right. Um, but we're good friends. We you know we're good friends growing up. I haven't really been around him much for the last 15, 20 years, but it's a good story man he's he, he went the the wrong way and he knows he went the wrong way and he did what he needed to do to straighten out and it's gonna be fun to talk to him and hopefully hopefully people will learn something from it that's yeah. the thing man if one person could could listen to a story and be like wow that kind of touched me what can i do to, to change this yeah so yeah man it's good awesome we're well, looking forward to it thanks again for coming on talking a little bit of baseball dude i'm uh, anytime you want me to come on man again yeah, yeah you uh I, I tell everybody i know you're the of our age group you're the smartest person I've ever been around um, you might be lying in half the stuff you say and it's just so maybe so over my head that I don't know the difference but I enjoy it dude I'll come on here anytime you want and, and talk about you just give me a heads up and, and we'll I appreciate it. And that and man. I'm going to have you on more too we'll, we'll discuss yeah sure we'll do some uh, maybe some college football stuff when it rolls around yeah, uh, but yeah anytime you want dude well I ordered uh, a book at your suggestion this yes. week uh, the case against LBJ dude I'll tell so, you what I'm excited it, to get into that. I don't know what, again, this is obviously a, a, for a different podcast later on down the line. Maybe we, we yeah, yeah, we'll br- have to do one on bring that. Bring me back yeah. to that. I'll, I'll reread it. Um, but I'm, I'm big. I'm not huge into conspiracy theories all around. Mm-hmm. But the JFK assassination has always been one that fascinated me. Yeah. And I always thought, man, Oswald's a patsy. Come on. He didn't do this. It's, there's just too much that I knew then, and I didn't know a lot. Yeah. But now that I'm, the, the stuff that this guy put together in this book, it's like, my goodness. This ties LBJ to this, you know, in the mafia and his connections and 
his connections to the owner of the book depository. I'm like this, I don't think this is all just a coincidence. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm anxious to, to hear what you think. And maybe, you know, when you read it, we won't even talk about it until we get on the air. Right? I think that would be, be Yeah. Let's not talk about it or give like our opinions. Right. Let's go back over it. Cause man, I'm, I'm, I want to read it again. Like I read it. I finished it about a month ago, told my dad about it. He's super interested in it. Uh, but the JFK assassination is always, always fascinating. I mean, it touches on Bobby as well. Um, just dude, our government, dude, what a corrupt, yeah. corrupt. It's a mess. It's, it's pretty crazy. But, it's a mess. Uh, it's, good. it's good. We'll get into that on another one, man. I, I like it. I like it. Check out Brent Ewing's Hey Buddy podcast on YouTube and SoundCloud. Always good to have him on. We'll have him back again. Uh, coming up on some future episodes, I'll have some other co-hosts, uh, some other people I bring on. We'll do some one-on-one interviews. Um, I've got a blockbuster I'm working on trying to land in South Carolina this summer. Um, won't say anything about it because it's not a, a done deal yet, but hopefully we can make that happen. So, uh, till next time, thanks for watching. God bless. God bless.